So this shear is a sort of a continuation, the, uh, the promised continuation of the previous shear. Previous shear dealt with the minig that Kahilas had to make their own mini Purim in remembrance of Nisim that happened to them, wars, Xadus. We discussed a bit of the history, how this started around uh, the 1500s, and it was increasingly spreading, and then at some point it started disappearing, and it seems to be entirely gone by today. We also commented briefly on the comparison to the Lubavitcher, Yomim Toivim, in what way they're similar, in what way they're different, what the Rebbe says, there's more that can be uh, analyzed about that. But my intention in this year is to focus less on the Yomtev aspect and more on the nature of Takanis themselves. Because if we go back and summarize briefly the discussion that we went through between Maram Alashkar and the Pri Chodesh, so if you look at the Maram Alashkar explaining the basis for the Purim, the whole Shuv is essentially about Takanis. Almost nothing to do specifically with Purims. So you go through the Shuv, he starts off by saying, Vada examples from Chazal about Takanis relating to financial matters. And if it's the city itself, they don't even need a Adam Chashuv to make a Takana, to make a Tanai. Kol if the Beistin is involved, that's, that's great, that's very powerful. They could even confiscate people's possessions. So Kol here, where it's them, and the Beistin, and there's, here's the one line where he says, it's Prisuminisa, this is a good Takana. He mentions, we find this Bechlala, Bracha for someone, an individual Nes, you say, Baruch Shosli Nes, Getting back to the Takanas, he says, a city can be Matakan for all who come after them till the end of time. And even if they didn't say it's till the end of time, he brings Araya from Pilegish Begiva, from Yeshua and rebuilding Yerichai. And then he quotes the Ramban in Mishpatei Achedim, which is a small work from the Ramban on this topic. And he quotes the following quote, Shekena din bakol kabbalah sarabim, whenever the Ram accepts something, the Rambam makes a very interesting comparison equation to be Makabal the Torah itself and later on the Megillah and the fast days. How did that become part of Yiddishkeit? Which the whole sentence itself is a very, I would say, very interesting and thought-provoking statement. To think about what is the basis for, for any Chiv, for any uh, Indian that's Mechayev. Assuming that you understand that that's Mechaev, so he's putting the Kabbalah of the Rabbim in the same bucket. Not only that, the Maram Asher continued and said, even if they weren't a Kabbal Baskama, but spontaneously they were doing something that was a gather of a Siyag everyone who follows is also Chaev, brought the, the case in the Gemara of Bnei Beishon, who wouldn't travel out of Shabbos, and then they wanted to quit, and they were told they can't. The example of the Bnei Sna that had the Yamtif on Yud Av, and even after the Churban, they were Zdoicha, the, the tiniest Tishab of Nitcha. So, certainly over here, where it was Befedish, that was if it didn't say Befedish, but certainly here, when it said Befedish, that even if they move, it still doesn't take away the Takana. So, that means that it's Chal on them, 
and on their descendants forever, and wherever they move, even though you'd say that we travel, you got the Numen Hagim, but not if the Takana had a, had a Tanai that said that it's Bataika forever. So that was the Chuvan short. So we see that what he was discussing, the Ness aspect, the Yom aspect, was almost secondary. He said, oh, it's Pesuminissa, you can make this Takana. The whole Arichus was about the Taikaf of Takanas, and that the Taikaf is unbelievable, the power that a Tzibur has. What did the Prichadash say in response? No, 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 there's a particular sugi here, there's a particular question here about establishing Yom Taivim. And his understanding of the sugi of Megillus, Tainus, and Shas is that we can't start adding new dates to the calendar anymore. And the way, as he concluded there, he said, that Rabbim is greater, and if they can make a Yom Tov, so certainly not a Yachid. And then the discussion after the Prichadash, as I mentioned then in short, continued along this line. Is the Prichadash right? Do we disagree? Can we make a distinction and say, we can't add Yom Tov for Klal Yisrael, but a particular Kehillah, why not? Like I said, the discussion nowadays goes from there into the discussion of uh, Yom Atzmot and similar things. And that's not the direction I want to go, and this is well-trodden, well-known stuff. But like I said, I want to focus more on the words of Maram Alashka themselves. Because that, on the other hand, is a topic that I think we tend to focus on less nowadays. And whenever an issue, a question of a takana, comes up contemporarily, it always seems to create a lot of confusion. What is it? How does this work? So perhaps we can learn something, we can gain something from focusing on this. Now, to make it a little more relevant, a little more uh, personal, so I'll give an example, a local example, that people have been wondering about for the last couple of decades. All right, so here in Crown Heights, back in the Mems, Stephen Tufshin Mem Gimel, so sure, we're not going to get into uh, we're not going to get into too many details, but uh, the Chabad community of Karnaites had some major run-ins with another community here in Brooklyn, some violent uh, encounters. So, based in Vad Rabbani Labavitch, which was the entity at the time, released a letter, and I'd like to thank Shuchat uh, for sharing the, the documents with me and providing other background uh, in our conversation. So they released a letter with the, with the title Hachrozas Isser. And they write, Bekasher Lemaisa Hanavala, the terrible thing, Huchraz Isser, we declare an Isser on the following items, on the Hachshir from, from the, that's, the, the, that has a Hachshir from those that are called such and such, that Hachshir. And then there's a list of brands that are prohibited, and it's basically all the Hamish brands you ever heard of. And, uh, and then there's the signature of three Rabbanim in the name of the Vat. A month later, in Talmud, Tafshimam Gimel, they released another letter, because things didn't get better, things got worse. There was another episode right afterwards. Nacha Maisa Nevala. So they reissued, they had to wrote another letter, and here they added a little bit. What I quoted before was basically all that was provided by way of explanation. Here there's a bit more. It says, Dover Bar, that... What happened here is the fault of that rabbinic body because they didn't protest and they even defended it uh, as per their community newspaper. 
So therefore, we're here to declare that the Isid is Oymid Betakfoy, the Adrava, stronger than ever. And again, the list appears, although there are four names missing compared to the previous list, signed by the same three Rabbanim. And both letters have the same conclusion. They both conclude, they say, Bezois Lamidai, calls Manchle Tove Midah Acheres Bixav, Asher Paka Ha'iser, Iser Hanal Hu This is in force until you, you hear otherwise in writing. And there has, in fact, never been another follow up in writing. But over the years, and I remember already myself at a young age in the Nuns in the 90s, there was always, there was always a certain amount of confusion surrounding this Iser. There probably were people who never took letters of Rabbanim that seriously. They didn't uh, feel it was uh, obligating them. But even those that did, by the time the 90s came around, there were, uh, I would say, most probably felt, or many probably felt, that it doesn't seem like it's still relevant. The reason, the rationale isn't still relevant. It's not still applicable as time has gone on for various reasons. It was also fairly known that the Rabbanim who had signed and were still alive in the nuns uh, essentially regretted the fact that this Isser was out there. And they expressed their, their feeling that they, they thought it was right, it would be right to abolish it. But for whatever reasons, it never came to fruition in writing. There were some aspects, there were some chumris in the Isser that people that were into observing it properly kept earlier on. And then at some point, they came out and said, look, actually, from reconsidering it, you don't have to take it that extreme. You can be more lenient. So here we have a practical Shiloh, an everyday Shiloh, which is very confusing because the whole in the Gansa Inyan is Nishkin Klad Inyan. We don't really understand the nature of what is this Isser and how does this Isser work? Right? What is the power of the Isser? What is the halachic basis of the, for the fact that touching Isser can be an Isser? What is the taikif of the, that sentence? When the sentence at the end says, this Isser is until you see another Eidobic Sa'ab. What's the, what's the taikif of that? What is the power of Rabban and Bechlal? What happens when they pass away? What, what do we say regarding the Rabbanim who come next? What's the taikif of the, the call, the tzibur? What do we do when it seems like the reason isn't relevant anymore? What, is it, what, are, what's the, what do we do when it looks like most people aren't even observing it anymore? And what happens when it just seems to have been entirely forgotten? Etc. So here's a fairly practical example that we can use and keep it in mind as a sort of a mental test when we go through some Akaitis to see how it would affect that question. And uh, just to make it a little more uh, personal and relevant, so I mentioned once before that sometimes I think it's Kedai, uh, before you enter a topic, a discussion, sometimes it pays to have your own theory about it, how it might work, and then you can compare and see if it uh, stems or not. So my line of thought on this topic in the past has been that you look in the history, look in the past, there were many, many takanis over time. These poems are just an example. And they were taken very seriously at the time. But it always seems like as time goes on, at some point, most takanis uh, fall away. Like they've just been forgotten. And sometimes you see that, oh, in this kahila, they came to be mechadish the takana. Why are they being mechadish the takana? 
probably because they felt that it was uh, fading away, so they came to be Mechadashat. Or sometimes the opposite. You see a discussion about an ancient Takana as if it's like a, obvious that it's nothing to do with us, but there was once a Takana. So, my thought process is, was, that sometimes you have Takanas that really catch on. Maybe they even, Mamish become part of Yiddishkeit. You have certain Takanas like that, for sure. But then you have other Takanas that always, even Mishasmai said, they feel like, an external, an extra imposition. Yeah, yeah, we're doing it, but it's not. Why are we doing it? Because they said so, we have to do it. So, you know, gravity is pulling it in the other direction. So, naturally, historically, we see that as time goes on, they tend to fall away. So my idea was, is that when you put out a, a ladder like this, a hidah like this, so, you know, as long as the, the sign is hanging on the wall in shoal, if a mamash becomes part of Yiddishkeit, this is great. But if it's just, as long as it's hanging in the wall and shul, so there's some kind of ongoing, ongoing measures are being taken to remind everyone that there's a takana. So that's, it exists as long as that is the case. But the second you take down the sign, and no one ever mentions it again, so now the process of uh, being forgotten is, is in process, and it's on the road to being this battle in Gansan. So someone who was always Makbid on it became part of his Anhaga, uh, so it's hard to say that they'll ever forget it. But the, the community is always growing. There'll always be new people. More and more of them are not really familiar. May never have heard of it at all, because no one's making it their business to tell anybody about it. And maybe someone heard something, but they never really saw... Well, well, how, do we observe it? Do we not? No, it's not like they never really saw it in practice. So it never became personal. It never became part of their Anhaga. So maybe it's already bottle for those people. That was, that's my gedank. So now the question is, is that correct? So we can also keep that in mind, look through these Mechaitis to see if that's uh, reasonable or not. So getting back to the Mechaitis, so I started looking into what, what, what Mechaitis do we have on this topic. So I found that this is Dafka, a topic that occupied the Lubavitcher Abonim from previous datas in Russia. So, for example, I found an Oli Shame, Chelek Dalet, was printed in Non Aleph. They printed Takanis Bekilas Kedesh Harki, the Inyan Pritzas Gidre Hachazakis. Okay, what's this? So, there's Akdama there. And it was submitted by Bishua Munshine, who obviously was a big expert on history, Chabad history, manuscripts. So he writes the bit of background history. He says, we're talking about Harki. Horki, if you look it up. Horki or Gorki is in Belarus today. So in 1805, Tafkov there was some kind of, they were expelled. The Yidin were expelled from their life as they had known it there in Harki. And then around Tafkov Pei Gimel, 1822, they were allowed to return. But at the same time, there was a large influx of other Yidin that were immigrating there from other towns. So it started undermining, the Kila had a certain way of running, the, the, the Gerush and returning, and then the influx, it was undermining the Storm, the Sidriya Kehila. So they had to be Mechazik and be Mechadish, the old Takanas, and to put Haramas on them. So the following uh, to Uda, this document, which was written in Tafrish Yur 1850, is part of that. 
And where do we have this from? There's a Pincus, the Pincus of Harki is, has been preserved, it's in the National Library of Israel's uh, manuscript division. And the, the author, the main signature, the Rav, who signs this, is the Rav of Harki. His name was Rabbi Shua Elia. We know he was a chassid of the Mittal Rebbe and the Tzemach Tzedek. You can look in the Igris and see different letters to him or about him. Uh, after, uh, as I was going through this, I realized that because Bishul uh, Munshine submitted it, so you can find the text online as well on Shturim. Uh, every single article and Ha'ara that he ever wrote was posted there as text many years ago. It's a very big resource. And then I found that since then, there's some young woman from Poland who wrote her bachelor thesis on the Pincus of Harki. So she was Mufaneach this letter again and many other letters and translated it. So there's more information on this as well. So this is, this is what it says there. It gives you a sense of how things worked back then. Kayoim Delamata on the day on the date at the bottom. We all who all, all, those who all the signatories, we all gathered together at a meeting and we saw that we have tzaras. What's the problem? There are people that are being paid it's the chazakas. So what are we talking about chazakas? Essentially, the, the economy, there's a line in there where it says our economy is from, the, is from renting, leasing the stores. You have a storefront in the commercial district, the commercial area, that's the Ikaparnasa in these towns. If you're able to rent and have a space, so you're in. If not, you're out. So they had chazakas, they had a list of who gets to rent which store, even homes. This list is already from the leaders of the call and the previous Rabbanim, and you can see it in this Pincus. She printed some more of them from the Tafk of Pays, right when they returned. An insert with Charamas, and it says that's in addition to the Zacherim de Benegershim about Schiras Batim. And there's a Zacherim de Benegershim about Cheskas Ayishuv. These are issues that have always been something that has been discussed, and there's already an out of Zacherim de Benegershim. And call my eye, and we'll see that all the reasons for that Zacherim apply here as well. We can't, obviously, can't, we don't have the time to get into everything. So, based on this, to touch something that's his friend's chazaka. And they start to say, oh, they have tainus. Oh, it's not a din on b'charara. It's not this, it's not that. Oh, the takana wasn't chal for this reason, for that reason. We heard all, we heard all the tainus. We saw, she'ein mamish b'tainiseyem. Koma ayin be'emes. Whoever looks into this, honestly, will see that it's gezel gomer if you take away someone's chazaka. That's Dinah de Gemara, and that's besides Chaim de said, and the previous Takana. So therefore, we're being matal a good Rabba, Bechayim Chomor, Chayim Shal Yeshua Benun, Kal Olas, Uklalas, Haksuvas, Betayras, Kayim, Mishnatayra, very strong Lashayness, there will be Chal, Koba Yisrael, who's pirates these Chazakas. Even if you can make the argument that Alpi Din, it's not Gazam. Just for example, one of their Tainas was, you have a case where the guy's going to take over the lease anyway. I'm not taking it away from the Yid. The guy, the Yid lost it. The guy's taking it. Now I'm going to take it from the guy. No. Still, you have to give it back to the Yisrael Harishin. 
includes all Eifanim, all uh, exceptions you can think of. And because it's Lamig Dar Milsa, because there's a good reason for it, so the Chayim is Chal, and even on those who disagree, who think this is the wrong thing to do, and he says, even if you don't actually take the lease, if you just go and participate, give a bid, you bring the price up of the lease. Even if you don't get it in the end, and you're not until you repay the damage you caused. And it's Pasha that if the Takana is done so it's also Chal on the next generation and the generations after them. Like it says in the day of the is Dina Taras Nadarim. So this is Reish Chavchas, deals with these in Yonim. So it says there in Sif Lam and Hey that it's Chal on the future Deiris. So this is the Tshuva that uh, we're familiar with. So you see how this Tshuva of Maram Alashkar is so central to this topic. They're talking about an entirely different Indian. But they're telling you, you see from Maram Alashkar that the Takana, the Chayim, is Chal, the Deiri Deiris. And it's like a broad, it's like a cited there in the Shach in Reish Chavches. So therefore, anybody who decides to fight on thinks it doesn't apply to him. And Basin can use a shamta and a nidu to force him to fix what he wronged. And if you listen, then everything will be good. And they sign, In the year Tafresh Yud. That's signed, Yeshua and then a list of names who are clearly the community uh, leaders. And then they add, the Kayim Delamata, we're going to actually write the list again of who, who the Chazakas belong to. Okay? So here we have an example of a Kehillah and a Tzrav that were very uh, confident in, its, in their power to make Takanas, to make Charamas on the one hand. On the other hand, we see that there were always people that didn't actually uh, want to listen for whatever reason. So how did they respond? They just came at them with more Charamas. And to Bavarian every time and say, we don't accept them. So here you see a Takana Nechayim in its natural context. That means in Russia 170 years ago, this is how the Kahila operated. This is how they sought to enforce control of the things they wanted to control. But we don't see any attempt here, any serious attempt here, to argue against the Chayim. Here we have represented only the side that's very interested in the Chayim. Turns out that Dafka and the Shalos of Shuvas of the Tzemach Tzedek, there are a number of Shuvas, Mamish on this Indian, of Kehillas that were experiencing a problem with their Takana and their Chayim of their own, and they were trying to figure out how they can get around it, and they ended up asking a Shaila. And as far as I could tell, it doesn't seem like there's been much discussion about these Shuvas of the Tzemach Tzedek, which is maybe the case for most of the Tzemach Tzedek Shuvas, unfortunately, so whenever we have the opportunity to unearth there's an extra chavivus you could say so that's what we're going to focus on we're only going to, it's going to be a start we're only going to get into a little bit and this part itself is going to have to be split into part one and part two so I'm going to start with the last one the chuvas, the relevant chuvas in Semach Tzadik are Yeredeya, Kuf Peches, Kuf Tzadik Beis Kuf Tzadik Gimel, Kuf Tzadik Dalad 
They're in the section of Hilchus Nadarim, which is where these halachas are in Shulchan Aruch. I saw talk of that in the Sefer Piskei Primagadim, the Rebbe Zayda of Ram David Lavut. So he also does the, 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 most of the Sefer is actually just Ha'aris on Shulchan Aruch from his uh, copy. So in similar Eshchav Ches, where it talks about uh, that if a Tzibur agrees on something, then it's not so easy to end the Takana, Achi is hard to cool on. So he's talking about Sayyid, the Rebbe Zayda, Ayin Shut Samach Tzadek, Admer Samach Tzadek, Kofpeches, Hakubes, the Gilmah. So this is Tzadek Daud. We're going to start with the last one first. The Tzadek Tzadek says, I was asked from, by the people of Rudni. So we know Rudni was a town very close to Lubavitch. I believe the train station was there. So uh, they were asked about the Ches. As we know, Ches is short for Cherem. They were asked, I was asked about the Cherem they have. Mishonim Kadmoinius. And not the Cherem. What was the Cherem for? You can imagine what, uh, what are they unleashing the big Ches against? The Cherem was not to take Svarim out of the Shul. You think your Shul is bad when they write uh, Isser Gomer. They, uh, they went straight to the Cherem. Unless the Moira, the, the Mats, who was Paskening, because we know in those days people didn't, uh, how many people could even own Svarim, there's one Shas for a Shtetl, etc., etc. So if the Moira needs to save for it to be Ma'ayan, he needs to take it out of Shul, that's the exception. And now the Shul got old, and there's rain, there's a leak, and the Svarim are getting ruined. But the Iker, what's the Gamvahu Iker? That Rav uh, Yakiri Ha'ir, the cream of the town, they built a different base Madrash. They moved out. And they want to learn there. There's a few Balabatim that are still diving and learning in the old one. So the new base Madrash is arguing that we want to take half or even more, most of the Svar from the Alta base Madrash and put them in the new base Madrash. Now we can learn there. There's a Chayrim. You know what? The problem is, we don't even know what the Chayrim is. Which means that they had been kept active. They, the cherem was felt and enforced for all these years. But at this point, no one even remembered who, what, how. There's a cherem. So the question is, does it have to be, was the cherem that it should be in Abbas Madrash? Happened to be only one at the time, but they meant that it should be in the Abbas Madrash, Abbas Madrash. And now that we have two, so it's not Kanegar cherem, we're just moving this farm around. Or no, maybe he was talking uh, this base medrash. So now the question is, Nafshum b'sheilosam, they want to know, can we be mad to the chayram by getting roiv anshayir? Because roiv, I guess, are davening there. They have the roiv. They just need to know if they can go ahead. Or do they need kulam? So the Tzemach Sadiq says, we first have to discuss, can you be mad to the chayram at all? Now, as we go through this, keep in mind that nowadays, even when we do have takanas at Yisurim, we never include a cherem. Certainly not for random takanas. So, even whatever we say now, keep in mind that it might apply specifically to a cherem as opposed to without a cherem. So he says, Agam, that Pashat and Tershok and Arachayr Deya, Simnarish of Ches, Sifchav Hei, it says there, Nadarim, Vacharomim, Shmatilin, Hakohol, Loi Mikri, Aldas Rabim, Afabisha Amru, Aldas Amakim, Aldas Akol, it's not like a nader where you have to have a Pesach and a Charata. You just undo it. You made it. Then you undo it. You don't need a Yachid. You don't need Gimel Hadjaitis. 
It's just like Xena and Nidu against whoever is over. So you can undo it as easily as you did it. Okay, sounds, uh, sounds easy. This is based on a Taisvist and a Rosh and Shavuos, the Ran, that a Tzibur can do it straight away. Yeah. Um, on which Prat? Okay. So now, but now that Samachalik starts this long Mahalak to explain why it's not so simple. He says, could be that when the Shulchan Arach said that, that only applied to the people themselves who made the Chayrim. If everyone's saying that it's been so long, we have no idea what the... Clearly, it was a generation ago. They passed away. Maybe the next generation doesn't have the same power to just undo a Chayrim like this. I, L'chayrim, have anything that should be for Kert. The Chayrim should be mainly binding for those who made it themselves. You at least made it, so you, uh, you invested yourself in it. These people were born into it, so they have less of a connection. Like we talk a scene in Shulchan Aruch there in Sif Lam and Hay, based on a Tshuva Sarash, it says, "E Efshur You can't have a Shvur Chal on future generations. So what we see from here broadly, from the fact that the Shvur that it's stronger for the people that do it and weaker for those who come later. So even if the Nidu Nechayim is Chal, but they Shleimar that it shouldn't be more Chamer." than those who were makabal v'chayrim. And if they could be matarit, the next generation should surely also be able to be, able to be matarit. And it's chal though. They have to, until they're matarit, it's chal, but they can be matarit. That's what you would think, based on that sif and shulchan aruch. So the tzemach like, no. He wants to argue, for the sake of argument right now, that no. We find that kabbalah sarabim, once you get to the next generation, it's more chamer than before. They could be matter, the next generation can't. Brings a pre-tayar, back to this mice and the Gemara of the Bnei Beishon. But I had this minute not to travel in Erev Shabbos. Right? And Beishon said, it's too late. Ramalashka quoted it. What's going on here? Why is it too late? Why can't they undo it? So the Marshdam is quoted as saying that, I, why, can't, uh, why can't there be a hatter? That's when it's a new thing, when it's a Dover Chadash, you were just Machadash something, then you can undo it. So you have this sheet of the statement saying that no, once it became Angenomen, uh, it's too late. The Pri Chadash Taka also be mentioned that the Pri Chadash has a tremendous arichas there, many Sifim going through these in Yanam. So in Sif there, he also brings this. As I, the Prichadash himself, disagrees, he says, if you look in the same sugi in the Yerushalmi, I don't have time to quote the whole thing, but from the Yerushalmi it sounds a lot more like, well, it might not be Maturit, oh, it was the children. The, last, the final thing the Yerushalmi says is that, Rebbe held like Rebbe Yehuda, that it's Pashat Asr Midin. Ah, so according to Yerushalmi, the reason why they couldn't undo it is because it was Asr Midin. But Mitzad uh, Neder, it sounds like, from that uh, Shakla Bataria, that it would have been fine. So it's not the Pirichadosh that's talking in the Maskan Allah Chalamaisa. Even though the Pirichadosh says that, the Semak Sadak says, that's not the Yishalmi, maybe, but that's not what it sounds like in the Bavli. In the Bavli it says, your parents started doing it, that's it, end of story. Quotes a few other Achreinim who make this point. And then he says, that there's a Karben Asano on this Gemara, Karben Asano, or different Gemara, Karben Asano adds the following point. He says, 
What's the whole vart of Hataras Chacham? You have a neder. You're mischaret on the neder. So you're saying, oh, it was a mistake. I did, I did what I did, but now I think I, I, didn't, I didn't want to do what I did. So that makes sense. That's But if you're using the model of Hataras and uh, Nadarim, how can the child say, I have charot? You, you weren't involved. You didn't, uh, you didn't do this. Someone else did it. And what he did is uh, true for his, you know, is applies to you. But how do, how do you have a Pesach Shacharata when you weren't even involved in the first place? Even if they're Mishadit, are they saying Asher Baharit or not Mishadit? I, we're not talking about a Tardis Nadarim here. We're talking about Charmet Sibur. We just said that Charmet Sibur don't work like a Tardis Nadarim. And when you're matter achayim, it's not l'mafreya like a neder. You don't need charata like a neder. So who cares if the obvious are mischarat or not? I can see why that's relevant to ataras nedarim. But we're talking about charmet zibur. Says no, no, no. We see from here broadly this araya that sometimes things could be more chomer for the next generation because they were not the ones who put it in place. If you have a reason to say so, this is a concept that exists. So take here, we don't have the word of charata by a neder like we have over there, but we can give a different, we can use a different svara and use that concept there. It says, why taka? Why taka is it so easy to undo a cherem? So there's a taisvis and a rosh and shavuos that say that what's the whole, what's the, when you say a cherem for, uh, for uh, takana, you're saying this takana has a cherem. What, what does that sentence mean? What do those words mean? It means that there's an implied threat of a personal nidoy against someone. It's basically built, it's just, an edifice built on top of the aside of Nidri. We have the ability to be Manada someone, to put someone, we call today, putting someone in Khairam. When you have a Takana with a Khairam, you're saying the threat is that if you uh, are over on it, you'll be a Nidri. So, Abazai, Khairamit Sibur are just an elaborate form of Nidri. Now, if you're Manada someone directly, let's say you skip the Takana, you went straight and you were Manada someone. How do you undo that? Whenever you, whenever the, if the, if the call is menah to someone, whenever Reva call agrees to undo it, they can undo it. So the takana with the chayim is just the same thing, all dressed up. Ah, but by nidui, there's the halacha of you can only be matir if you're gedolin kamoisam bechachmu b'minyan. Either the original people, or you have to be greater bechachmu b'minyan. So who can ever say that the next generation is ever compared to the previous generation? Even the minion. Back then they didn't keep track of numbers necessarily. So we have this Yisoy that sometimes it could be more chamer for the next generation. Which Svar are we going to use here? We're going to say the whole way it's all Yusadan being matter and nidui, and nidui needs gdailam bachmu minion. And he says, that's Taka, look in the Mishpat of the Ramban. That Hitaka says, the next gener- following generations can only be matir if they're G'daylam, K'maysim, B'chach, Mubiminyan. In fact, if you look up the Mishpat HaKherim, what is it? Why did the Ramban write it? The whole signet of the Mishpat HaKherim is that he saw that people take the Kherim too easily. They make it, they undo it. So the Ramban's coming to explain, oh, oh, oh no, the Kherim is a serious business. And that's where we have the quote from that we quoted before that. It's like Kabbalah Satayra. So that's the long argument of the Tzemach Tzedek to say that oh, maybe it's not so passionate, maybe there's no solution to this Khairim. The Tzemach Tzedek says, as Kedarkai, that he'll switch to make the, uh, the opposite point, that there's a different Mahalach, there's the Rashbon, the Ran, they have a different explanation as to why we can just undo a Khairim, 
Charmet Zibur. He says, you know why? It's the Minik. We see that it's done. So if that's the way it's always done, that means that even when they said it, they were masne that it's Osir until they're Matir. When a woman makes a nadir, there's a built-in escape hatch to the nadir. So every time there's a chaynam of a tzibur, because the minig has been to be matirit, that must mean that it's embedded in the iser. How do we know? Because that's what they do. So if that's the way it works, so it's not built on undoing a nidui. It's just, we're saying that a chaynam has a special uh, escape hatch. So then you wouldn't need, that the nafkamina would be, that you wouldn't need them to be g'dayl mechach mu'minyan. It's not a hatara, because melechatchila, it was only uh, aser, until they can say, you know what, we don't want it anymore. So if he did ashman the ran, we would be able to be mata the chaynam. He says, but even the feet times there, we could be mistapic, if it's just based on the minig, Maybe the minig was be'ikr for people being mad to their own chedem. How often does it happen, the Semach Sadiq says, that the next generation wants to become mad to the chedem? Maybe that doesn't happen that much. Maybe there is no minig. So if the whole thing is based on what we've already been doing, so who says we've already been doing this? Maybe the Tanai only works for that group of people, doesn't work for the next group of people. So, not, still not convinced. So the Semach Sadiq says, I started looking. Has this been discussed? Of course it's been discussed. It's discussed many times. We see the Rishayim are talking about it, the Achreinim. So in Shuvah's Mayim Rabim, from Simon Samachal to Simon Samachay, Shut Mayim Rabim is a Rafal Meldola from the 1700s in Italy, early 1700s. So there was a Shaila that there was a, a city that had a, a Kupa for Pityan Shvuyim. They had a Pityan Shvuyim fund back then, unfortunately, between wars and pirates. You lived, uh, if you lived uh, on the coast, you had Pityan Shvuyim literally fairly commonly. So they had a Pinyin Shvuyim fund. How did they fund it? There, uh, there, was, there were taxes, various taxes that they levied on the community. He says the Askama was from Taf Tezvav, and then they renewed it, Taf Lamed, renewed it, Taf Nanalaf, and now in Taf Pehei, they want to change one detail. We'll have to conclude uh, momentarily. That there was the Mechas HaTranzito, the transit tax. Like we have uh, Uber today, there's a, there's a tax. They had a tax that if you came from out of town and you transported your items... It was an extra fee that went to the Kupa Pinyin Shvoyim. The problem was is that people didn't want to pay the fees, so they used the Goyim instead. They said, oh, we didn't, uh, the whole vert was to get money for the Kupa, not to just chase everybody away. So that wasn't our Kavana. So can we say that it's bought without Atara? Or do we need Atara? And how would we do that? Okay, we're going to have to pause here. Um, tomorrow we'll conclude. We'll we massacre what we figured out so far, and we'll hopefully get through all the other chubas as well. Yeah.